are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. Welcome to the first edition of Fantasy Fuel on the Fire. I'm going to talk about some interesting stories, and I am going to fan the flames of that fire with different controversial takes on topics that have to do with fantasy football. Now, what that means is I am going to share my opinion on things like who should you take number one overall and why are you drafting in June? I've got answers for that and I'm going to put some fuel on the fire for those people that disagree with me. So first off, I have to talk about a story I came across the other day. It's about Case Keenum and his tight ends. Now, Case Keenum is the newly acquired quarterback of the Denver Broncos. He has an interesting allotment of weapons to use this year. One of those is tight end Jake Butt. And this is what Case Keenum had to say about Jake Butt. Jake is a competitor. He wants the ball no matter what, and I like that. I like a guy that comes back to the huddle and, hey, were you open on that play? And even if there were three guys on him, he's like, yeah, you could have fit it in. He wants the ball, and I love that. He's hungry right now for knowledge, for how to run routes, for how to maneuver with leverage, and I'm excited for him to continue to keep going. Now, despite not playing last season, but has the potential to emerge as the team's number one tight end. The coaching staff has made it no secret they plan to get the ball in Butt's hands this season. Vance Joseph says, I'm very excited. He works so hard, and he's obviously a playmaker. You watch the guy make plays catching the football. He's a playmaker, so he's going to be a great addition to our offense. Now, what that means for the Denver Broncos is probably not a whole lot, in my opinion. Case Keenum's still probably trying to figure out what to do with Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. And I've talked about those guys on the other podcast I do with my co-host Tom Tuttle. We like Emmanuel Sanders in fantasy football as he puts up about the same types of numbers that Demarius Thomas does and you can get him a whole three and a half rounds later. Now, for the people that still want to take Demarius Thomas, go for it. I had him in the prime of his game when he was one of the top three or four wide receivers picked in drafts, but he's not that anymore. He's not even close to that anymore. So for all you out there taking Demarius Thomas, good luck. I'll be taking somebody like Jarvis Landry instead at that spot. Then I'll take Emmanuel Sanders, you know, three and a half, four rounds later. We'll see how our teams work out. Now, another one of those teams that Jarvis Landry is on, the Browns. They were so bad last year. How bad were they? The Browns didn't run a single offensive play while up more than one score last season. That is ridiculous. So on the flip side of that, the Patriots, who obviously were very, very good offensively, They ran 350 offensive plays while up more than one score. The Browns' offense is going to be way better this year. There's a lot of hate for Tyrod Taylor, and I don't know why. I love Tyrod this year. I don't think Baker Mayfield finds the field, 
But I do think Baker Mayfield will be the starter next year. Tyrod will either get out of his contract or be traded, and he'll find another starting gig next year. But he is going to be a good quarterback this year. Is he somebody that I'm going to count on as my starting quarterback in fantasy? Probably not. But I do have him in a couple of leagues. And if he starts taking off, I'll put him in there. I don't care. So as far as the rest of the Browns go, everybody's all hyped up on Josh Gordon. I know he's a freak athlete. That is amazing, the things that I've seen him do on the football field. But you guys taking him in the third round, uh, what are you doing? Why? The potential is there, yes, I get it, but he's not worth taking until he can prove he can do it again. And Tyrod's got to prove he can do it again. Well, I think he can do that. I think he's going to rely more on Jarvis Landry. Josh Gordon is going to have some big games, but Jarvis Landry is going to be more consistent. And then the rest of those guys in the Browns' backfield, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, I think we're going to be in for a frustrating year if you guys are going to rely on any one of those. Nick Chubb's a rookie. You can't count on rookies. The only rookie this year I would count on it at all right now, out of any position, is Saquon Barkley. You can't. You can't count on any of these guys. You guys that argue Darius Geis is going to be the man in Washington, you tell me the last time that you were comfortable with a running back out of Washington. I haven't ever been comfortable. The only time it was even close was in a standard league with Alfred Morris and then a PPR with Chris Thompson. And he couldn't even last a whole season and he got hurt. So are you going to put your faith in Darius Geis now? I can't. Some other rookie running backs out there I've talked about on the other podcast. Rashad Penny. What are you guys doing with Rashad Penny? Why put your trust in a Seattle offense that has been doing nothing but getting worse over the last couple of years? It's ridiculous. Sony Michelle, Patriots. There's a lot of guys loving Sony Michelle. But let's see, there's about 300 running backs in the backfield in New England. Rex Burkhead, James White. They still have Mike Gillisley. Who knows what he's doing with him? Why? Why put yourself in that position? Maybe in a dynasty league? Sure. Stash him on the bench. Don't count on him to do anything this year. It's been a while since the Patriots have taken anybody in the first round of that nature. So if you think that he's going to get out there on the field right away and do things the way Bill Belichick wants him to, I think you're in for a rude awakening. On to my topics for this first episode. The first one that has kind of been getting me riled up. I've been seeing it all over the internet. Who are you taking with number one this year? Oh my God. There's no clear cut number one. There's a lot of guys that are worthy of the number one pick. There's a lot of guys worthy of a top five pick this year. That's why I want number five. If I get to choose where I'm drafting this year, I'll take number five. In fact, I'll take anywhere from about four to eight this year, and I will be loving it because the chances of me getting somebody I really like in the second round are very, very good. But you don't need to worry about who you're taking number one. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks of who you're taking number one. If I had to pick somebody 
who I would take number one this year, I'd go David Johnson. I know there's a lot of people out there that are feeling the same way, but I don't care. It it just doesn't matter. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Brown, David Johnson. Whatever. You, you go with who you think is going to have the best year. There's nothing that I can say. There's nothing that anybody can say to me that is going to make me think any different of those five guys right now. Maybe when training camp starts, maybe when preseason starts, but we're not going to see much of these guys in the preseason either. So there's not a lot that you can say or do to prove your point. You're going to either pick the right guy or you're not. Don't sweat it. There's no reason to sweat who to take at number one if that's the pick you end up with. Just take the guy you like the most and be happy and plan for your turn picks at 24, 25, or how many ever, you know, if you're in a 10-man league, then it'd be 20, 21. If you're in a 16-team league, you're 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 getting pretty deep there at, uh, what is it, 32 and 33? Yeah, that that's, your options are getting slimmer. So maybe going a little safer at number one would be better for you. Maybe taking a guy like Antonio Brown, if you're in a deep league, might be the best bet. But again, don't sweat it. There's no reason to get all up in arms about who you're taking at number one and trying to convince anybody else that you're right because there's no way to prove it. So cut out the drama with the number one pick in the draft and just take who you like. And speaking of taking who you like, stop locking yourself into a certain strategy. Roll with what's happening around you. You know, when... You go into a draft to say, I always go running back, running back. Well, you know what? Things happen. You're not mock drafting enough, and you don't know how your league is going to draft until it happens. So, you're going to have to go in with a little bit of fluidity, and you're going to have to be okay with doing something different. When it gets to you, and everybody has gone running back heavy in the first 15 picks, and there's nothing left but Joe Mixon and Derrick Henry, uh, please, for the love of God, do not take them in the second round. I don't care how high you are on them. They are not second-round talent yet. They haven't proved anything in this league. So if you go running back, running back in the first two rounds, and that happens, oh, come on, please take Michael Thomas. Even a Julio Jones, who I'm not very high on, I'd still rather have than those third-tier running backs that you can get in the third round. So please, don't get stuck on something that always works for you because it doesn't always work for you. If you've done hundreds of drafts over the years, you're just kidding yourself. Don't go running back, running back in the first round and the second round just because it's worked before. This is an interesting year this year. There's a lot of good running backs out there in the first two rounds, but the odds of all of them being worthy are pretty low. So take some guys that are a little bit safer if your strategy doesn't seem to be painting out right away. 
And for the love of the fantasy gods, please mock draft. There's lots of sites out there you can mock draft on. I know they're not all perfect. I know you're going against the computer sometimes. But it'll still give you a sense of different things that can happen during your drafts. And all those people out there that I see in Facebook groups and online that are complaining about all these leagues that are drafting in May, June, and July, why do you care? It's it's a really, really dumb thing to get upset about. I can't stand it because I have drafted all over the place. I've drafted in March. So what? If everybody in that league that's drafting in March likes drafting in March, who cares? You know, everyone's on the same playing field. Yeah, everyone's got the same chance of injuries. I traded for Julian Edelman in the offseason last year. Didn't work out for me. I still won my division and made the playoffs. Yeah, I didn't win the whole thing. But it's not like my whole season was down the drain because I took somebody and traded for him in, you know, March or April. Speaking of trades, I've been seeing a lot of people out there talking about, well, how do I, you know, send an offer the first time? Do I do I send what I think is fair? Do I send a starter offer? What what do I do? And my advice to that is open a line of communication first because you don't know what somebody else will consider a low ball or insulting offer. I have gotten some really, really bad offers already after starting up a couple of drafts. I'm not going to lie. I was a little insulted. Now, I'm not going to hold that against the person, but if it's too low, you've pretty much already ruined that particular trade. So my advice is talk. Say, hey, there's a couple of guys on your team I'm interested in. Are you open to trading them? What might you need in return? But don't expect them to send a trade offer to you. That's another thing that really gets my goat. If you're the one initiating the conversation and the communication, you still should be the one to initiate the first trade offer. Please don't expect the other person to be like, oh yeah, well this guy you wanted, uh, sure, here, have an offer from me. I can't do that. Most of the guys that I drafted, since, you know, the draft just ended, I'm pretty happy with my guys. The draft that I just did with my co-host from Fantasy Fuel, Tom, we got almost every single person on that roster is somebody we've talked about liking on the show already. So for anybody that wants to say, hey, what do you need for this guy? You know, like Tariq Cohen. We got him cheap in an auction draft. I think he's going to be a great flex, possibly an RB2 in a PPR league. I'm not just going to give him up because I want to trade. I don't have to trade. There are some people out there that have to trade. Have to. If they're not trying to trade for somebody, they don't feel like they're doing enough. Hey, if that's what gets you through the year and you have fun doing it, that's great. Me? I am not going to trade unless I have a reason to. Unfortunately, I am way too logical of a person to want to have to trade all the time. Now, I've made some really good trades over the years, but it just happened to be at times where I needed a running back, somebody else needed a wide receiver, 
a trade I was able to make a long time ago. I was very proud of it. Vincent Jackson, if anybody remembers from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was a very boomer bust player. And it just so happened that he had come off a really good week. And I was able to trade him straight up for a guy who hadn't shown what he could quite do yet. And that guy was DeMarco Murray. And DeMarco Murray went on to be one of the best backs in fantasy football that year. But it just so happened that I needed a running back. My trade partner needed a wide receiver. He had extra running backs. And DeMarco Murray wasn't exactly the man yet. So I was able to take advantage of that. I could see the guys that might have some potential in a guy that I knew wasn't going to be consistent for me. Now, I ride consistency on our other podcast, and I'm going to keep riding consistency all over the place. So trade for a guy, trade away a guy that you know isn't consistent after a good week. Open up the offers. Send that guy out to three or four different people and see if you can get somebody that you think might be able to produce the rest of the year. You know, I've told people about Ty Montgomery before, and now is an even better time. After Aaron Jones is suspended for two games, if Ty Montgomery does anything those first couple of weeks of the year, you are going to get something for Ty Montgomery. I don't care what it is, but I would rather have somebody on my team that I know is at least going to be on the field the rest of the year, unlike Ty Montgomery, who, when is the last time he has made it an entire season? You know, he did good for half a season after they switched him to running back, and then he was being taken in the second, third, fourth rounds. And guess what he did? He got hurt. That's another thing I try to stay away from. Injuries. I don't like having injured players on my team. You want to take a chance with somebody like I did in the last draft with Tom? We took a chance with Jordan Reed. First, because he was cheap enough in an auction draft. Second, because we took, and this is a dynasty auction, we also took Hayden Hurst, a young tight end that may or may not work out. But we also took Vernon Davis. It was a deep bench, so we could do this. So I have no problems taking Jordan Reed in a situation like that. But if you take Jordan Reed as your only tight end, you're probably going to have a bad time. So if you're not willing to put up with the headaches and streaming tight ends, pass on Jordan Reed. If you're okay with trying to find those guys playing the matchups, there's a guy on SiriusXM that is the tight end whisperer. And he knows... What teams suck against tight ends? He knows which tight ends actually have a chance every week. But if you're not willing to listen to a guy like that or do your own research against, you know, the other tight ends that are still on the waiver wire, you might as well pick somebody that's going to be solid or spend a higher pick. Get Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz, one of those guys. It depends on how much research you want to do. I do enough research. I am okay with any situation that comes my way. If you're not, well, good luck. So I think that's going to about wrap it up for the first episode of Fantasy Fuel on the Fire. 
If you would like to give me a topic or talk about what I just did, you can email me at fantasyfuelpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at fantasyfueljj. You can also call and I'll put you on the air. You can call us at 608-492-3443. You can also text at that number if you'd like to give me your opinion but not call in. That's fine too. I want to talk about anything and everything that you guys want to talk about. You know, fantasy football is still an escape and it needs to be fun. Yeah, you can win a little bit of money. But first and foremost, it should be fun. I know there are a lot of people out there that can make it a business, make it their job. You can make a lot of money at this if you do enough research and have the capital to back yourself up before you get going. But I'm going to go into the 2018 football season just basically trying to have some fun. I hope that's what most of you are out there doing. I hope I can be entertaining for you. And I hope I can make some sense of some things that maybe you don't normally see. So, with all that, please, everybody, don't turn fantasy football into drama. Don't worry about arguing who should be number one. Have some fun. Draft guys you like. Be smart about it. And you'll at least have a good 2018 season. Browns fans, I'm rooting for you this year. Not too much. I have my shares of Jarvis Landry. Got a couple shares of Tyrod. A couple shares of the running backs. I have zero shares of Josh Gordon this year. Zero. So, if he goes off, you can call in and yell at me. That's fine. I want to hear it. But if he doesn't go off, I'm going to tell you about it. And I'm going to add some more fuel to the fire. 